Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And on today's show, we of course have some good news to touch on on the football side. Uh, hopefully that uh, stays that way. I know across the country there's some bad news for some teams, but things are swinging back in the positive direction for the Badgers, at least uh, as it sits right now. So we'll talk about that. Talk some football recruiting. We got some good news on that, and then we'll get into some basketball. We're getting closer and closer to basketball. Uh, AP rankings came out today. Badgers ranked very high, so we'll touch on that. We'll touch on some uh, preseason award stuff for the basketball team around the league. We'll touch on kind of some Big Ten uh, news and thoughts, and uh, yeah, just a full episode of a little bit of everything to get you guys ready. Um, you know, we were wondering what we were going to talk about with uh, not having a game this past weekend to recap, but uh, thankfully plenty uh, came down on the plate for us to touch on, so it'll be a good episode, and then hopefully this, later this week will be uh, a normal game preview. It's been a couple weeks since we've done that with Illinois, but we'll have someone from Mason Brew on to uh, talk the game as long as that uh, continues to go as scheduled as it looks like it will right now, so Big day uh, for Wisconsin football to kind of get back into the norm, so that's uh, always exciting. But before we get into it, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, we went kind of from not a whole lot to talk about other than breaking down what happened across the, the Big Ten this week and, and maybe talking about the Badgers game with Michigan to, holy cow, there's a huge news dump today, both across basketball, football. So we've got plenty to talk about. How are you doing? I'm good. It's I'm excited because you know I, we always when these games are canceled or you know this whole COVID off season. I know I'm sure you and I can we we both could kind of wake up and go yeah we got the podcast today but what are we going to talk about? We always are you and I are texting scrambling trying to figure out you know what hypothetical can we touch on? Should we do a mailbag? But when we've got uh, things involving the teams, it makes it a lot easier. So we're thankful for that, but we're also thankful that it uh, gives us something to talk about. So. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get right into it, and, and with that, the uh, excitement continues to build with the football team. Sounds like they're back, ready to go for Saturday. Who is going to be playing? We probably don't have any idea. Um, there's, you know, in college football right now, if you don't have to say who's going to play, um, so you're probably not going to, um, regardless of the COVID situation, everything like that, so... Uh, but it sounds like the Badgers and, and Michigan are going to be playing Saturday night at some sort of capacity. I know Wisconsin's going to have probably some guys out, and I know Paul Chris said in his presser that there's going to be guys that uh, on the original depth chart you didn't expect them to be playing, but with the COVID situation maybe you'll see a little bit more. So who's going to be out there? Not sure, but someone's going to be out there. It sounds like it sounds like they're going to be playing football. So just how exciting is it to be um, you know, having the Badgers back this Saturday? Oh, it's awesome. I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited that uh, these guys are going to be able to get back onto the field. Uh, you have to feel for the players and the coaches who have kind of had to put everything on pause here after putting in so much work this offseason. But we're really 
it, it's also just great to just see these guys back and healthy. Um, that's the number one thing right now. And we see no new positive tests on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, they were able to kind of use that to get going and get back into things Friday and Saturday with conditioning, had a regular practice this morning. So that's the kind of the progression that you needed to see in order to have this game potentially even on the docket come Saturday against Michigan. And I think really – that's best-case scenario, what we've seen um, since uh, early last week where they it became apparent that they weren't going to be playing Purdue as well. Um, the Badgers needed to get back on the field to have any shot at uh, any any postseason play, and, and this is the moment they were able to get it. Um, I know Barry Alvarez is very confident in, that they've kind of got it under control now, um, but now it's just a matter of making sure that they keep it that way and that they try to use everybody who's available to, to all hands on deck to win this game because it is going to be a, a fight against Michigan just because Michigan has, is behind the eight ball in terms of their season right now, and the Badgers are, are really coming off of two weeks where they really weren't able to do much. So it, it's big, and but I'm excited to, that they're at least back out there. Whether they win or lose, the fact that we're going to have some football uh, is, is definitely positive. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Like, you know, as as much as I know every Badger fan wants to win that game, it's a big game for – I mean, every game's going to be a big one. You only have a few left here. Now that with, with two canceled and uh, for postseason play, everything like that, you're going to need uh, – you need, need to win all of them. But it's just nice to, to have them, to have that to talk about, and uh, I guess that makes sure that, you know, you're you're thankful that, uh, that you're going to have them back. And like you said, win or lose, hopefully they win, but uh, at the same time, it's going to be nice to see them on the field. Whoever's playing, like I said, I don't know who it's going to be. And, of course, the coaching staff is going to be hush-hush with that. But uh, it's going to be – even if it's some younger guys and uh, you've got to get some experience, that's going to happen across the country. I mean, you look at uh, a lot of conferences right now are battling. It sounds like this weekend might be a really tough one uh, for college football in terms of COVID and games being canceled. So it's not only Wisconsin, but – it's going to be nice for the Badgers to hopefully have that out of the way and, and can get the rest of their games in and, uh, and go forward. So uh, speaking of, of kind of the availability, Paul Chris did speak to the media today, kind of hush-hush, like I said, on, on player availability. His, his presser wasn't anything um, too crazy, but did you make anything of, of his comments on, on what uh, to expect for Saturday? I think we'll see Rashad Wild Goose based off the fact that he was talking about him specifically and what he's been doing. Um, but um, beyond that, I, I mean, there's a lot of doubt about who might be out there. There's a lot of question marks there. I, I think we'll talk about it here in the, in the next little bit, but I think Graham Mertz is probably going to be your quarterback as long as things keep continue trending in a positive direction. But um, you look at right now two student-athletes, three staff members who are uh, still uh, – withheld from, from everything after testing positive, that, that means you've got everybody else who we've seen in these rampant numbers of cases uh, are, are starting to at least started, started the process of getting back into action. So um, it's great. I, I know that generally coaches are probably, or staff members in this situation, are um, usually a higher risk. So it's not great that it's them, but at the same time for the product on the field, those guys can get back quicker. So if, as long as they're asymptomatic or not having anything that is putting them in huge jeopardy, 
Um, it's better that it's that it's coaches, um, just so, simply because they have a ten ten day window before they have to um, before they can come back. Whereas players, it's twenty one days, and some of those players, the Badgers, are currently in the middle of that process. Some guys are just you know weaning out of it, like Graham Mertz. So I think there's going to be a lot of question marks going into it. We won't know anything until right before the game, and UW won't go into that, nor will players. You're not going to see on social media, hey, I'm not playing, uh, kind of like what we saw out of Trevor Lawrence. But rather, I think this is going to be something to where everybody will just be monitoring it. I would anticipate probably 10 guys that are, aren't going to be playing that you maybe would normally see, whether they be um, starters, whether they could be guys who are just in the – too deep or whether they're just guys who are down the depth chart. But I, I would anticipate there's going to be a chunk of players that are not going to be playing um, for, because of either injury or COVID-related reasons. Yeah, I think you just got to gotta roll with it, and, and we'll see who you're going to have out there uh, probably Saturday at, at 6.30 when, when warm-ups start and you start – I mean, you're not going to have people in the stands to kind of inform you of who's out there and who's not, but – I would guess right before game time we'll kind of have an idea of, of who's going to be out there and uh, who's not going to be available. Unfortunately, that's that's kind of the situation that you've got to deal with in, in the current state um, you know, of COVID and uh, of college football. You know, In the NFL, you've, you've got to do a little bit more and, and say who's available and in COVID and things like that. You can't just be hush-hush, but in college football, there aren't really uh, a ton of rules on, on that, so... Uh, the coaching staff and the players and everyone involved isn't going to help the opponent and, and give them any idea. So I would say similar to when we were wondering about, you know, Graham Mertz and, and Chase Wolf and Danny Vandenboom for the original uh, Nebraska game when this all started, uh, you know, I, I tweeted out, we'll know, um, you know, Saturday around game time is when you're going to get a lot of the answers that you're looking for. So it's, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be guys that are out. They're not going to have probably a full, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're starting too deep for that Illinois game, probably not going to be readily available if you're just basing it on odds. So it's going to be something where we're going to just be excited to have football, but we're gonna, there's going to be some faces that aren't there, and, and hopefully um, the coaching staff has the backups and, and other guys ready because it sounds like there's going to be some new faces that might be on the field, and it'll be exciting to see. Maybe there's some guys that we didn't plan on seeing that you'll get the chance to see at this point, you just got to take 2020 and the football season for, for what it is. So um, we'll, we'll see who's out there, and we'll enjoy Badger football regardless. Um, I know quarterback is going to be the, the main question. I've, I got a couple of uh, tweets, and I know the Bucky Smith quarter account got some tweets on Graham Mertz. I know everyone's wondering about that. Uh, I, from the sounds of it, he very well can play. Um, but like we've said a little bit already, we won't know for sure until probably Saturday evening when the game starts and, and when the you know, warm-ups start going. Um, I, I would think if he's ready to go and, and passes all the protocols and is out there, hopefully he's he's under center. But uh, until then, we probably aren't going to have a real clear answer on that. Yeah, there's not going to be a definitive or firm answer until right before kickoff. But you could kind of read between the lines, as Paul Chris was talking about it, that he, he's been back with being able to do conditioning stuff. He's passed every test that he's had, which is really those are the big monumental moments. Is If he would have had a setback, then he probably wouldn't be in line. Paul didn't allude to anything like that. So it seems like he's on, on track to play, on track to be back to full practice on uh, Thursday, Friday, which that's not a lot. 
Um, I would assume right now Danny Vandenboom's getting your number one reps with the with the quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean that uh, you, you're not he's not taking mental reps, and watching practice, and doing everything. So I would anticipate that if it if it comes down to Graham Mertz, who has started a game for this team and has been has done you know six weeks of practice as your number one guy versus Danny Vandenboom, who's taken three days as your number one guy, you're probably going to run with Graham Mertz. And, and so as long as as long as he is completely cleared, which it seems is going to happen, he he'll probably be out there on Saturday. So I, I think that's what people should look at it from is that he will probably be there unless something you know goes in the opposite direction at this point. Regardless of who's out there, it's going to be exciting. And yeah, hopefully it's Graham Mertz. But if not, like we've we've said it already, again, I'm we're, we're both just excited. I think you can hear it in our voice. We're both just excited to have uh, Badger football back in in some capacity. And whoever's out there will be uh, happy to watch it. Uh, speaking of Wisconsin and Michigan, we've got a little bit of recruiting to get to. Great news um, uh, for the Badgers. Three-star wideout Marcus Allen committed to Wisconsin uh, a few months ago. He de- decommitted. Um, from Michigan, um, and two months later, almost on the dot, he uh, announced his commitment to Wisconsin. So a big get, a really talented receiver, a 6'2", a big kid. So uh, I know it's a guy that uh, Wisconsin was, was really high on and, and missed out on, but they, they got a second chance and they made the most of it. So what did you make of his commitment, and, and how big of a, of a get is that to, to be you know prying away uh, players from, I believe, uh, you know, he's from the state of Ohio, prying him away from Michigan, those are big gets because, you know, there there's teams like Michigan, like Ohio State, right then in, in those players' footprint and in backyard. So to land a player of his caliber to come to Wisconsin at a skill position is, is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely monumental. I think he is potentially one of your, your top two or three commits that are part of this class just because of the unique skills that he brings compared to what you traditionally have. The Badgers haven't been great at just bringing in um, guys that are near four stars at wide receiver. We've seen it with Danny Davis, and he's he's panned out. He's been a guy that's been able to help them. We've seen Quintez Cephas, who had a very similar rating as a as a high three-star kid after he started kind of getting um, noticed more. I think you look at 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds plus, he, he's got a really good skill set at wide receiver with his ability to make contested catches, great hands, use his body to shield defenders, go up and high point the ball. He he looks like the type of red zone threat and possession wide receiver that you really want. Add in the fact that he can run a 4-5 and you're looking at a kid who could really help you out in a lot of ways. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't playing meaningful snaps probably even as quick as next year um, just because there isn't a whole lot of depth we saw Chimre DK immediately vault over some guys in that depth chart. Um, there's no telling that Marcus Allen on, on paper is, is just as talented according to his, his profile when you look at how many offers he had and what he did on film with uh, over 100 yards and over a touch, almost two touchdowns a game his senior year. The kid's good, and this is the type of wide receiver that they need to bring in when you look at top teams across the country, they have really good wide receiver play, and that's something that the Badgers have been really trying to get better at. Um, uh, and and I'm not saying he's going to be Lee Evans here, but at the same time, I think he is the type of wide receiver that you're looking on paper that it gives you a chance to to have a really good wide receiver room if you're bringing in multiple guys like them. 
And I think you look at him and, and Bell together, that's a, that's a good combo of, of guys you're bringing in. Yeah, guys that, that bring a lot of size and speed. I think that combo is, of, of course, what everybody's looking for across the country, but it's a lot harder to find that. And so you're bringing in a guy, you know, at 6'2", 190, going to come in, put some weight on right away to, to beef up his size and his frame. Uh, he's got the speed to go along with it. I think that makes you uh, – you really got a, a guy that uh, – is is really solid, and I agree with you. I think could be you know you look at the Badger depth chart this year. Of course, um, the, there, it could be a little different with you know um, this year not really counting towards eligibility. Maybe you get somebody back, but I don't know how much Wisconsin's going to be really impacted by that at the wide receiver position. And even if they do, like you said, you've already seen Shumray DK hop up there. If if Marcus Allen's a guy that is ready to play. Um, you know, out the gate and, and is ready to go. He's going to be a guy that's out there, and his size and speed is, is one that uh, you could really rely on to to, to be a big target. So I'm excited to to see what he brings. I, I think it's a huge get. Uh, like I said, from a recruiting standpoint, to be pulling a kid from Ohio and that already was committed to Michigan, you generally don't see a lot of decommitments um, from there. I know Michigan has. Uh, had some trouble this season, so you can kind of you know, expect a little bit more of that. But for the most part, these kids are are committed to where they're going. So to to get him to decommit a couple months ago and then now reannounce to Wisconsin, it, it's a big time grab because you're not only getting him for yourself, but you're taking him away from a Big Ten foe that you compete with, you know, day in and day out on the recruiting trail. And uh, so it's a big win for Wisconsin all around. Yeah, you can't diminish just how impactful it is, given the position of need that he plays at and and what he could um, hypothetically become because the Badgers need a, another guy that can do it. And you look at his film, and he looks a lot like Quintez Cephas and what he can do when the ball's in the air and, and being able to box out defenders, hit back shoulder throws, uh, and, and be able to reel it in. He, he's he's a player that I think can really help this team um, as uh, – as long as everything continues uh, to progress nicely for him. I'm excited to see what he can bring. I know Wisconsin and recruiting has been a little bit slower of late, of course, uh, with, with a lot of the class already uh, you know, lined up that way. It'll be, uh, you know, it's a little slower right now, but that was a big get uh, for the Badgers and uh, exciting get uh, as a whole. So be interesting to see what they can uh, bring to the table with Marcus Allen. All right, I think that pretty much hits everything on our football talk. So why don't we go ahead and we'll uh, we'll get uh, our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll hop into some basketball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so football season getting back off the ground. Basketball season not far away. Uh, the first AP poll was put out today. Wisconsin comes in ranked seventh. Um, I know we talked to uh, Ken Pomeroy last week. He had them as seventh in his rankings. Um, I thought maybe the AP poll would be have them a little lower. It is a Wisconsin team. Sometimes uh, you know teams are across the country can kind of get doubted just because they're Wisconsin, but. Um, I, I like the ranking. I know it's high. There's a lot of Big Ten teams that are up there, but 
What did you make of the Badgers coming in at seventh? And uh, do you think that's you know kind of high, low, or, or just where you maybe thought? I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you look at the the complexion of the rest of the top 25. I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see a team like Duke or Kentucky get that blue blood bump over them. But you look around at kind of the complexion of of everyone else who's kind of vying for that top 10, and the Badgers fit right in. They, they've got a lot of returning pieces that make them really, really good um, in a team that could make a, a lot of damage. You look at Iowa and Illinois also in the top 10 there, so it's this isn't just the Badgers being the, the top of the Big Ten. Rather, this is, this is going to be a, a knockdown, dragdown conference, and I, I think you look at Gonzaga, you look at Baylor, Illinois, but all three of those teams also return a lot and have, have a lot of talent. So I'm I'm interested to see how this team looks once uh, Big Ten play actually gets going. But as things stand, I think that seems about right. I think anything in the top ten would have made sense in my eyes. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think I was a little surprised to see, like you said, you know, Wisconsin to be ahead of, of Duke, um, Kentucky. You know, you know, those programs usually, uh, of course, are, are tremendously talented, and they get those rankings for a reason. But a lot of times, even on a down year, they'll get the benefit of the doubt of being, uh, you know, a top team that way. So for the Badgers to be ahead of, you know, the likes of Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, um, all those teams that are you know, Michigan State, even you know, that are normally teams that are uh, never outside of the top ten is big time. But again, at the end of the day. Does it mean too? Does it mean much? No, not really, because you you still have to go out on the court and prove it. I think a veteran, um, you know, team like this knows that and uh, isn't too worried about the rankings. They're they're a team that's just going to go out and play their game. But uh, it's a nice starting point uh, for the Badgers because uh, that you know it, it doesn't matter to a lot you know in a lot of ways. It's it's rankings and that'll change as the season progresses. But a lot of people still look to. Um, ranking and say, oh, they were a top 10 team at the beginning of the season. That can hurt you or it can help you. So as silly as rankings can be when you haven't seen a team play, sometimes it's still uh, it's it's better to be, you know, ranked seventh and, and people think highly of you than to be, you know, unranked and, uh, you know, have to prove something because now you at least get, I think, some sort of benefit of the doubt the, the higher you, you, know, you start out in the rankings. Yeah, well, and, and it makes a lot of sense that the Badgers are highly thought of when you consider everything that has transpired with with COVID-related issues um, across every sport that we've seen um, outside of the NBA. It, it makes a lot of sense because the Badgers return so much production that you, you've got to roll with a team that has already knows the ins and outs of the offense. Everybody's returning who was a major contributor last year other than our main man Pretzel. So, um, you know, I, I think – Right now, it makes a lot of sense that the Badgers are in the place that they are um, because you're going to have those teams like a Kentucky, like a Duke, who have a lot of turnover and have a lot of young guys coming in that are uber-talented, uber-talented. But at the same time, they haven't had all the same number of practices and the same reps with these guys that they normally would have in uh, because of this kind of off weird off-season and weird summer. So I think the Badgers are in a really good spot. I, I also think some other teams in the Big Ten are as well, but really I think the Badgers, where they are, makes sense, and now it's just about using that and making sure that you are playing up to those capabilities because they are they have the talent to do so. They most certainly do. It'll be exciting to see. And well, when they do get on the court, they're going to take on a lot of, you know, similar to last year, they're going to take on a lot of teams that are highly ranked. It's going to be a contentious conference. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten and in terms of rankings, Iowa came in ranked fifth, Illinois one spot behind them at eight, 
Michigan State at 13. I know we talked about surprises for the Badgers. Were you surprised at all to see, um, you know, Iowa and Illinois rank so highly uh, in the rankings of Michigan State? You know, like I said, benefit of the doubt, you know, is a little lower than uh, three teams that generally aren't always ranked that high. I, I think it kind of makes sense. I, I think you look at Iowa, they've got the best player in the conference. Luca Garza's the best player in the conference. I don't see anybody challenging him for that title this year. I, I just think he is a standout guy. Uh, he was unanimous uh, All-American with the Big Ten for the preseason. I think he was is, was undoubtedly going to be your player of the year um, heading into it as well. So you add that together with a guy like Joe Wieskamp, who can also help them out as a, as a forward slash guard. Um, those two, they bring a lot to help this team. Um, so they're, they're, they're good. So I, I, I kind of anticipated Iowa to, to be right out there, right around where the Badgers are as well. Um, but I do think Illinois is another team that I, I think is very deserving of their rating as well. You look at um, the only other unanimous selection was Ayo Desumu, who's one of the best league guards in, in the Big Ten um, out of Illinois, and he's been doing it for the last couple of years as well. And then you add in Kofi Coburn um, for Illinois. I, I think as a team, each of those, each of the three, Iowa, those two main cogs, Illinois, those two main cogs, and then the Badgers as a as a just a really good breadth of depth that they have as a team. It, it makes a lot of sense that they're where they are. Um, I think Michigan State will be good as well, but they just have a lot more turnover to to kind of endure. And I think they might have some rough patches in the beginning before they start gelling later on in the year. And Isley generally has that team playing well in in uh, in March. So I would anticipate that that they'll be good. They might not be nearly as good right as the way, especially now that Tom Izzo has to quarantine for a, a couple weeks here. But but I do think that Iowa and Illinois completely deserving of those lofty ratings. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those teams kind of shake out. I think Iowa is, like you said, certainly deserving. They've got the players to, to be there, as does Illinois. Uh, Michigan State, you you anticipate will be a team that is your typical Michigan State team. Maybe struggles out of the gate, but come March and uh, you know come the postseason, they'll be a team that's probably uh, in Big Ten contention as well. And then you know there's other teams: Ohio State, uh, Rutgers, um, you know Michigan, rounded out the top 25. They're it's going to be a competitive league, similar to last year, which was incredibly fun to watch. I know. Um, it's tough when your team loses, but the Big Ten night in and night out was pretty much competitive across the board. And uh, for a lot of times, if you're sitting down to watch a basketball game, even if it's two random Big Ten teams, um, it, it's pretty competitive, and it was fun to watch last year. Now I'd have to anticipate this year it'll be a lot of the same. So uh, we're getting closer and closer to basketball season. That'll be exciting to see uh, the, the Big Ten in action as we get going here. Speaking of preseason stuff, all Big Ten preseason honors were announced. Nate Reavers was selected to that. I guess for me, I was a little surprised by that. Not that Reavers was on there, but I thought maybe a guy like Micah Potter could be on there, Demetri Trice. I know um, there's a lot of depth at guard, so I, I could understand that one a little bit more. I thought Potter would be on there just because I think he, at the end of the year, um, you know, might be the best player for the Badgers that we'll be talking about, but uh, what did you make of that list? Were you surprised at all that it was only Reavers, or, or what did you make of it? I wasn't super surprised that it was just Reavers. I think Reavers, what he did defensively was what really stood him apart last year from Micah Potter. Potter, Potter is great offensively. He he was still working through some stuff defensively, um, though. So I, I I think Reavers definitely is deserving of the nod. Um, a lot of times people are just looking at stats here and, and just kind of, 
going through points per game and, and making the, these types of selections, or they're going off eye test. But um, you look at this, and there's so many forwards and centers in this. Um, there's only a, just a couple guards with Geo Baker, Marcus Carr. Um, I mean, Wieskamp is, is kind of a just a, a combo combo forward um, guard. But then you, you also get uh, Desumu. But other than that, the rest are centers or forwards. So I, I think it tells you just how good, how many good forwards there are in this conference, making it much harder for the Badgers to get their top two players, which are probably Nate Reavers and Micah Potter in there when they're both forwards as well. Um, I think it's nice that the Badgers have that depth at the the four or five position because they can play both of them on the court together or um, stagger them. Um, but at the same time, you, you look at the rest of the conference and it, and it was going to be hard to, to pull the Badgers into two different with two different guys, just especially if they're not looking at some of the the major pieces, because I, I think Dimitri Trice is definitely deserving, and he's one of the better point guards in the conference. To overcome the fact that there's so many good forwards and centers to choose from. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason. You look at the – when you're talking about the rankings, there's a reason why a lot of these teams are ranked. It's because they've got a lot of good players. So you're going to have some depth at the conference. You're going to have depth in the rankings. You're going to have depth in the players. And, again, these are preseason awards, so Nate Reavers is, is probably happy that uh, he got it, but it probably doesn't mean too much to him because, at the end of the day, that doesn't uh, do too much um, for you in, in terms of the, the length of the season. You've, you've got basketball to play. A preseason award is, is nothing to it, – it's cool and, and great, but it's nothing that uh, gets you going through the season, and I'm sure Nate Reavers is, is much more hoping that uh, – He'll have a postseason award because it means he had a solid season and his team played well, which is uh, at the end of the most important thing. So I'm excited to uh, to see what he can bring. And at the end of the day, it's it's just an award, but it's a nice congratulatory thing, and it shows that hey, people are paying attention to Nate Reavers and and what he did, you know, um, on the offensive end of the floor. But like you said, defensively last year, um, he was unreal, especially down the stretch, which is uh, exciting to see. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do when he gets back out there. All right, do you want to run down? I know uh, the early signing period for the 2020 commit, 2021 commits is on Wednesday. Uh, of course, we'll hit on uh, everything that is kind of highlighted by that. But do you want to break down the class a little bit as we uh, continue on to basketball talk? Sure, yeah. I mean, this is a really good class. They're, they're top 40 nationally. Um, but that, a lot of that's driven by the fact that they only have three commits. Um, all of them are three stars. They, they kind of started out the gates as – Four-star kids who have kind of dropped down as as more and more players are have been seen. These ratings you got to remember are um, places like two four seven rivals. They're basing it not necessarily off the impact you're going to have at college, but where they expect you to get drafted in the NBA. And you know you look at a guy like Matthew Moore's, and he might not be a, a guy that's going to be drafted in the NBA as a first rounder, but he is the type of guy who can win you a whole boatload of games and can win you conference championships. So I think the Badgers have a really good class here with Chucky Hepburn, Matthew Morris, Chris Hodges. Um, I know they really were, were trying to get another guard um, in this class, but you look at Moores, he, he's more of a small forward. Hodge is more of a power forward. I, I think both those guys have athletic ability, and but also the size at, you know, 6'8", 6'7", and in 
over 220 pounds to, to bang around inside as well as take guys off the dribble. I think Hodges is, is really going to be the type of guy that they've missed. They haven't had an inside presence to really um, bang around as much. That's something that I think they've missed for some time now. Um, that's what basically what they wanted a guy like Charlie Thomas to be, that he never mm-hmm. came into fruition. But I think Hodges has, has more to his game uh, and than what uh, Charlie Thomas did. Um, I, I know as Badger fans, we've got to hope he does. Um, but you look at Hepburn and Moore as both guys, Gatorade Players of the Year in their in their states. These guys are the real deal. All three players are top 150 recruits. Um, I think the guy to watch is Hepburn because with everything still going on, with Warren Bowman being um, taking that leave of absence from the team, there's a really some murkiness going forward of who's going to be your point guard next year when um, Dimitri Trice probably doesn't stay for his sixth year. Um, I, I would anticipate at this point the odds on favorites almost Hepburn because he's he's signing. You're, you've got to hope that there's nothing going on there. Bowman is is going to hopefully be coming back here soon. One, ha- one has to hope, but but he's really not going to see a lot more action than what Hepburn would be coming in in 2021. So I think he's the guy to watch if you're looking for somebody to come in and play immediately. Um, but but I think Moores and Hodges are both going to have uh, equal opportunities to get on the court as well. But it, it, overall, really good class. Um, it shouldn't don't look at the the stars for this. This is all about the fact that these are three guys that are, that can help you win a Big Ten title, and that's what the Badgers have built everything off of here. This isn't guys who don't have any offers or didn't get looks. These guys committed way early in August and September before really they could have gotten another spring evaluation out of it, and and the Badgers kind of lucked out on that because I do think these guys would have had their uh, their offer list really increase. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, you look at uh, a guy like Matthew Moore who's been playing high school basketball since seventh grade, um, you know, led his team uh, to a state title as a freshman. Really, I mean, if you've watched his uh, highlight tape, he's he's uh, kind of your prototypical Wisconsin big that can, can play a lot of different positions, going to be a guy that, um, like you said, maybe isn't, uh, you know, the, the NBA caliber player and, and playing at the next level, but he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and and I think going to score a lot of points and 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 rebound and play defense, do everything that Wisconsin basketball asks you to do. You know, some schools you get recruited, you're you're coming in and you're just going to go and and score. You're going to play for a year and you're going to head to the next level. You know, Wisconsin, you're not really built for that. You're going to have more of so guys that are sticking around for three, four years and and scoring a lot of points and win a lot of games. And Matthew Morris looks like he could be a candidate that is. Um, you know, wholeheartedly into into that conversation for the Badgers as it gets going. And then, like you mentioned, Chucky Hepper and a guy that, uh, as he signs, it looks like, you know, looking at the roster, um, could be a guy that plays right away. You know, early time is important to these guys. You only have a certain number of roster spots um, on, on a college basketball team. So being able to get there and, and make your commitment and get on the court right away is important. And I think you could definitely see that with Chucky Hepper, and I know he's been uh, very vocal about being excited to, to be a part of Wisconsin. So it'll be nice to see him once he, um, you know, signs and commits that way that uh, you know everything's going to be done, and he can look forward to getting on the on the court for the Badgers because I think you're going to see a lot of them um, as he goes forward into the uh, the following basketball season. Yeah, and, and kudos to um, Joe Kravenhoff. He he's been their lead. Co- Lead recruiter for a lot of these guys, both Hepburn and Morris. He was he was all over them. Morris, he had a really strong connection just because of um, his his him growing up in the Dakotas as well. You you look at um, 
what uh, he's been doing since he joined the staff, and and he's really Greg Gard's best recruiter out there as as things stand. Um, I would assume that as long as Alondo Tucker sticks around, he's going to also start getting more and more comfortable as a recruiter as well. But but really, the the work that Krabinoff has done, uh, hit, hitting the gyms and, and really scouring for for these guys and, and building relationships has been impressive, and he he's been a huge addition to this staff. Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, on the recruiting front, he's he's great with the X's and O's. Of course, he knows the system. Um, but I don't think some of these guys get the recognition that they deserve uh, on the recruiting front. He's done a really good job of making sure to 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 really get out and and uh, um, you know really hit uh, the recruiting trail and make sure to uh, you know make sure that players are are committing to Wisconsin and getting after it for the Badgers on, on that trail. All right. Well, before we round out our episode, I was we were going to touch on some Big Ten football as well. Um, crazy week in the conference um, once again. Just just action all over the place. Upsets the whole nine yards. This conference has been one that I don't think anybody expected uh, everything to happen the way it has. But uh, it's been an entertaining conference and uh, kind of a head scratcher. You know, Ohio State has been the favorite. Wisconsin looked like they were going to be a favorite in the West, but you haven't played there. And then uh, you've got uh, teams knocking each other off left and right. You know, Indiana coming out and winning. Uh, Maryland knocking off Penn State. So tons of, of craziness in the conference through the first three weeks. But what has maybe been uh, your biggest surprise um, uh, for the Big Ten so far? I would have to say it's Maryland. I did not anticipate them to even p- potentially win two games the whole damn year, and they've already gone out and and won two. And they not only did they win two, they beat Minnesota, who many people were picking to to battle with the Badgers for the West, and they beat Penn State, who many people were picking to to battle with Ohio State for the for the East. I, I think very impressed by what they've been able to do this this year. They really jumped out the gates on Penn State and, and didn't relent. Um, but then uh, I, I think both of us were thinking that Northwestern was going to bounce back. Um, but they've looked really good. They, they're, they've been a tough team. But then you also look at a team like Iowa. I know they just won. Iowa and, and Minnesota – completely different than what we kind of saw coming into this year. So, yeah, I mean, you were, you, you were right that there has been so many different um, teams that kind of have gone in waves totally different than what we anticipated. But your beloved Indiana Hoosiers are also winning and now are up to their highest ranking since, you know, the late late 1980s, which is, which is saying something. Yeah, they've been impressive. They've been a team that I, I won't say they were surprised because I was high on them, but uh, they've they've certainly – I thought that they would knock off one of the two in, in Michigan or Penn State, but for them to, to knock them both off um, is really telling. I think they're going to be a team that is interesting to watch. I don't know if they're quite ready to, to knock off Ohio State, but this that Indiana team is, is just kind of wacky, and, and who knows what can happen. But I, I would agree with you. The the surprise is definitely Maryland, but also Penn State. I mean, I don't, I don't – I think I expected them to be down, but I didn't think that they would be – you know, getting beat uh, badly by a team like Maryland. Of course, Maryland is maybe a little bit better um, than what we expected with uh, with but that way. But um, I just can't imagine, you know, what Penn State is thinking as they go through this season. I mean, I know uh, they've had they, – they played two of the tougher teams in Indiana and Ohio State to start. But then the, you thought James Franklin coming out, he's got a team that uh, on paper – 
uh, looked inferior to his squad in Penn State. Maybe he'd come out and, and really put pedal to the metal, but that didn't happen, and, and it was ugly uh, for the Nittany Lions. So I, I didn't expect them to be great, but I know they had a lot of opt-outs, which hurts them as well. But, man, oh, man, I did not think I'd be, be talking about an 0-3 Penn State uh, as we head into week four of the, the Big Ten season. So it has just been a crazy conference uh, thus far, but it's been entertaining. It's been nice to have back, but uh, – it's it's been wild when you add in you know all of that you add in Wisconsin and you know not being on the field because of COVID it's just been uh, wacky but it's it's been wildly entertaining and I'm excited uh, to see how this whole thing finishes out because it's going to be a crazy race in the West um, for sure when you add in if Wisconsin keeps winning you you've got uh, Northwestern who's playing well but the Badgers didn't to get take on Purdue either so. It's just going to be a crazy finish in the West, and, and who knows, maybe Indiana can make it interesting out East. I'm not going to go and put my money on the Hoosiers for that just yet, but uh, so far they're looking like the, the number one you know, title contender uh, to try and knock off Ohio State that way. Yeah, and I just think both of us were we, – we had said in the preseason that we were down kind of on Penn State and Michigan, um, but that we both liked Indiana to, to be better, um, Northwestern to be better, Purdue to be better, and, and – I think just you look at this, neither of us could have predicted that, hey, Penn State and Nebraska are going to be playing to try to get their first win against each other um, during their fourth game. I just think that's absurd. Um, I I think this weekend there's a lot of really good games as well for the Badgers, and that's specifically in the Big Ten West that fans need to be watching because you've got – Iowa, Minnesota taking on each other. You've got, you've got Northwestern Purdue happening. That's, that's this weekend when you look at the Badgers trying to come back and get a win over Michigan. You've got those, those Northwestern Purdue game where they're undefeated and you've got Iowa and Minnesota trying to get back in the thick of things. This is a big weekend for, for the Big Ten West being kind of figuring out the pecking order of that and, and where things stand because the race is, is definitely tightened with when you consider that there's only a few more games left. Yeah, it's, it's getting, we're getting down to the wire here, and especially for the Badgers when you lose two games out of your schedule. You, every, every game counts even more so than normal, and you know, they're going to have to take on uh, you know, Michigan, a team that is also battling, and they're going to really be hungry uh, to get a win. So it's going to be interesting to see how this conference shakes out. A huge weekend, like you said, for that. Um, you consider Purdue and Northwestern, two teams that are battling for the West now. Iowa and Minnesota trying to maybe hold on to contention and, and try and make um, you know a name for themselves throughout this season. But it's it's going to be a, a wacky finish in the West, and uh, hopefully the Badgers can come out and take care of business and, uh, and make the name for themselves and be up there in that conversation. But we'll see, and thankfully we'll get to see it this weekend as they uh, get back on the field to take on Michigan, and hopefully that'll springboard them throughout the rest of the season to uh, to make a run at it. For sure. All right. Well, I think that wraps up everything we were planning on touching on um, on today's episode. So as long as everything continues to progress the way we expect it to and the way it seems right now, we'll be back with you guys later in the week um, with the Michigan preview. It's going to be really exciting to you know do some score predictions, some previews, break down a game. I know it's only been two weeks, but uh, two weeks in college football season is a long time. So I know both Matt and I are excited. Uh, we'll have someone from Mason Brew on to uh, discuss the Wolverines, and it'll be a, a nice, fun episode, uh, nice and uh, easy to talk some football as we get closer to Saturday evening. So thank you guys, as always, for listening, and as always, on Wisconsin. Wisconsin.